Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So much of um, grief is judgment, right? I also want to say that grieving people are often not the best versions of themselves, and that's yes. okay. So true. And it will, and it will come out, and it will come out uh, either in ways that are expected and you know socially appropriate. Uh, when you let yourself feel things, when you feel them, and if not, they will come out in another way. Hi. I'm Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out. We have all heard about or experienced grief. And if you haven't, you will, because literally that is how it works here on planet Earth and in life. We all experience grief. We received this letter, and I was going to try to explain it, but instead I'm just going to to read it. Hi, Miss Danielle. I don't know if you'll get to this. I hope you do, but I have a question. My mother and I had a complicated relationship for most of my life. She and my father divorced when I was nine, and I split time between the two of them. That is, until she started dating the man that would become my stepfather. He and I don't get along for a number of reasons I'm not going to get into. When he showed up, I started spending less time with my mom. Eventually, she came to agree with him instead of me on pretty much everything he and I would ever argue about. We stopped talking in 2010. Still, I'd send a card for her birthday and a card every Christmas. She passed away on July 16th, 2021. I am devastated. But I also feel ridiculous for being upset over the passing of someone who I hardly had a relationship with. Is it even realistic for me to be sad when she so clearly was done with me and the relationship we had a long time ago? Please help because I really don't know how to process all of this. Whew, listen. All right, there is a lot there. And I have personally experienced very complicated grief. I lost my child January 1st, 2019. And I lost my father at the beginning of the global pandemic in March of 2020. And Grief is something I know well. And oddly enough, (laughs) I know someone who knows grief even more than me. Nora McInerney handles grief like I've never seen. And I say that like it's a badge of honor, but it really isn't. Like, it's unfortunate she's had to experience so much loss. But damn, am I so happy that she has used her loss and her grief to teach others how to handle theirs and to survive theirs and to live through theirs and to heal from theirs. She's kind of a grief expert. I don't know why we would call someone that, but (laughs) 
but she is, and it means she's been through a shit ton of things. But Nora McInerney is an author. She is a TED Talker. Please watch her TED Talk. It's incredible. She's host of the podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, one of the best podcasts ever. And I'm not just saying that because I'm... Okay, I am saying that because I'm biased and I actually was on an episode or two, but it's also ranked that way. She is a grief expert and she is also the woman who started this whole show, Help a Human Out. She cares about people a whole lot. And that is also what happens when you've had to grieve so much. That level of empathy goes up, that compassion goes up, and you navigate the world a little bit differently. I am so happy that Nora McInerney navigates the world that she does, even more happy that she is here today to talk to us about grief. First of all, Nora, I'm sorry that you have to be the grief expert today because that means you have experienced um, a shit ton of grief. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? We all do and Mm -hmm. we all will. And even if yours is not complicated by the complication of a relationship with a living person, there are Mm -hmm. plenty of things that can and will complicate your grief. Yeah. Plenty of things. And one thing that I have uh, realized and I'm reminded of constantly every time I hear a message like this, every time I do a podcast interview, every time I meet a person who is going through something is nobody thinks theirs counts. Which is so, like, why are we as humans so good at extending grace, holding Mm. space, showing compassion and empathy for other people? And why do we refuse to give it to ourselves? Oh, it is so miserly and it is so, I think it all comes down to judgment. We also in the West, we love a couple things here. What do we love? We love people <laughs> getting over stuff quickly, right? Like, oh yeah. I, I We love the story of a survivor. Like, have you heard of Danielle? Let me tell you all she's been through, but guess what? She's better than ever. And it's like- She's so oh. resilient. Yeah. It's like, well, she's, is she better than ever or is she just different? And we love a binary and if if we can't have a binary, this person is good, this person is bad, this feeling is good, this feeling is bad, we at mm. least want to rank them. We at least want a very clear ranking system that tells us, uh, you know, like which which is heavier, which counts more. And we do tend to, it kind of, I feel like it always depends on the headspace you're in, where you either hold your suffering higher up than someone else's, right? To show like, okay, well, you think you have a bad, look what happened to me. Yep. Or or you suppress it like this listener is doing. And you say, well, like mine doesn't count because, you know, uh, you your, your dad loved you, right? And your dad was there every day. And the most important thing to remember about, uh, you know, the sort of like grief Olympics is who would win and why would you want to? Right? Why would you want to? Like who, like in what way that the, our <sighs> suffering is so universal and it is so personal. And what mm-hmm. I hear in this listener's question, I hear a few things. And one is absolutely what you said, a lack of empathy and grace and compassion for herself. Right. For herself. And I guarantee you, if this was you asking her, can I feel bad about, Thank you. you know, like- <laughs> Because right? you you had a complicated parent relationship. You had a complicated parent relationship. I did. And I think for me, it was like, when I read this message, it really won when I, I knew that you would be the person 
we would have as our expert because you and I are like in the grief Olympics always. Like that's just what it is, right? And so I, I do, I have a similar story. There was years that I didn't talk to my dad because of um, his trauma and the way it kind of materialized into my life. And I was like, wait a minute, you know? And, and here, here's what I will say. When I read this, what it reminded me of is my sister. So mm-hmm. for the last 10 years of my dad's death, before the last year, 10 years of my dad's life before his death, excuse me, um, we had healed. There was so much healing, right? Mm-hmm. So we, I was allowed that space. My sister, so when he died, I didn't have the anger pieces. I had really found some solace in it. But watching my sister's grief, mm-hmm. it was a whole different ballgame. And you know what What my sister kept doing? The same way um, our, our listener is doing was saying like, oh, I didn't, you know, you, you're, he was my dad too, but like you guys were, no, don't do that. What are you no, doing? But. Like you, her, her grief is so, our grief is all different, right? But it doesn't make hers less real. No. And, and it's like, yeah, I had this great relationship with daddy for the last 10 years of his life, but you could also grieve that you didn't have that. And so I think her grief is doubled. It's doubled at the loss of the physical being of, her mom in the world. And it's, it's added on because for so long, she was already grieving the loss of her mother. Yes. Yes. And it's, you grieve so many things, the physical person, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Mm -hmm. you grieve what you had and you grieve what you could have had and what you didn't. Mm-hmm. And and all of that is okay, and all of that is valid. We grieve imperfect people. We grieve imperfect relationships. Yeah. I, I mean, have you ever been sad after a breakup, even though the person was absolutely not the right person for you? Was yes. absolutely like, in fact, like a shitty person to you? Like, well, absolutely. I mean, people grieve their abusers when yes. their abusers die. Like, yes. they're they're we are a complicated creature, we humans, and. You can't, one, you can't control your grief. It will hit you and like, it's just going to hit you. Like you, when you're going to grieve, you're going to grieve. It's not like you're going to be like, you know what? (laughs) I don't want to grieve this. Grief, you don't, it doesn't discriminate. It hits you and it does things to you and you can't escape it. So the least you can do is show yourself a little bit of grace and understand that you don't have to explain your grief. You don't have to defend your grief. No. Just feel like that's such a, like your grief matters. Yes, right? it matters. And it's it's immeasurable and it does not need to be measured. It does not need to be compared. And I love when you said it does not need to be defended because sometimes when we do things like, you know, at least or just or but, like mm-hmm. our, about ourselves, what we're doing is we're sort of defending ourselves against uh, these imaginary um, naysayers against people who we think might not understand it. And so mm. we sort of take on that attitude that we could see somebody else having. Because some people, by the way, will say that. People who do not understand will say that. They'll say, why are you so sad about your mom? I, I, I thought she hated you. Well, yeah, I'm sad because my mom and I didn't have a relationship. I'm sad because this person is is dead. And even if they were imperfect and even harmful to me, that is uh, a, a loss. And mm. I'm sad for all the things that I did not get 
with this parent, with this mom. Grief is not somehow reserved for, we have this tendency also when a person dies to vilify or deify them. So they are either, you know, they're God, oh my God, my dad was the best person who ever lived. Oh no, Mm -hmm. my dad was actually a bastard. I'll tell you that much. Here's everything he didn't do. This is to me all part of, of the the grief Grief process, process. right? Yeah. And, and it takes time. People will, they're going to say those things, yes. And that was one of those moments that I thought was really powerful because when you said that and you you said, why are you mourning your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's where you take your power back. What you did, and which is why you have terrible things for asking, is when the person asked the question, that person, it, 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 it's almost asked with the assumption of like, I know better or you shouldn't have done this, right? There's this connotation. But here's how you take your power back. It's exactly what you did when you were talking, Nora. You said like, why are you mourning your mom? I, I thought your mom hated you. And you said the reasons why, because she's no longer in the world. Now you could shut up and not say anything and go, oh, you're right. But that's not real, when, when someone asks you, how are you, and you feel like shit, I'm not telling people I'm great anymore. I'm like, listen, it has been a hell of a day. This is what it is. So when those people pop up, and they will, because this is how the world works, when they're questioning your grief or they're making you feel like you shouldn't grieve someone, those reasons why you are actually grieving, even if it's not the typical, the normal, the whatever those are, if it's because my mom died and I hadn't spoken to my mom in 10 years and I feel sad about that. Mm-hmm. Answer it truthfully so that people understand your one, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Right? If these if these questions, by the way, exist in your own mind, if no one is actually saying this to you except you, saying this out loud to yourself or writing it down, seeing the words, hearing the words out loud, which is, I am sad about my mom. I am sad that my mom betrayed me. I'm sad that my mom continued to betray. I'm sad I didn't have a relationship with my mother. I'm sad that I never will. I'm sad that she will never come over for Christmas dinner. I'm yeah. sad that we will that that I won't have a person to send that card to in May. All of those things deserve to be said and they deserve to be felt. And it's it's um, it's almost sadder for me to hear this um, listener saying that these are things that she feels internally, not things that are being pressed upon her externally. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. It's make almost. Sense. It's almost. Uh, it, it's almost a worse kind of suffering, or at least a different kind of suffering, to know. Um, oh, the, you know, the call is coming from inside the building. <laughs> it's yeah. so devastating to me. And I wish I could just reach through the, the, these headphones and and hug her and tell her like, it really does count. And you are going Absolutely. to have so many, you're going to have so many complicated feelings and they can all exist at once. Yeah, They can all exist. Absolutely. And I think when we talk about grief and I think hearing, you know, her story about like the time when her mother was alive, but there was no, you know, they weren't, in communication, right? I can imagine that there are probably some angry things she wanted to say to her mother and never got the chance to. And you can grieve those moments too because I know without a doubt, my sister, although she loves my dad and although she set different boundaries than I did, I know without a doubt there are moments or 
there are words that she wished she would have spoken to him, even if they were those angry words, like, mm -hmm. how could you leave me? Why did you do these things, right? And she never got a chance to. There was never the moment for that. And I can only imagine that you grieve that moment too, because you should have been able to stick up for yourself or to, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's hard to just let go of. And they up and died on you. With, with When yeah. I think about my own abuser, he died before I got the chance to say like, fuck you, look what you did to me. And that hurt me, right? And now he's dead and I'll never get to say that to him. But I will tell you, I grieved that moment for myself because I did want a moment to say, you hurt me. And even if it didn't matter to him, I wanted to tell him, you know? And so there was me, that part of me that grieved not even being able to cut somebody out. Like, damn, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that there can be so many different levels to grief. And when she hasn't spoken to her mom in so long, I can imagine that some of it is like angry for not being able to say how you felt. And to have all of that pent up. And even when, you know, I, I, I also... It's, it was always hard for me to say this because, you know, my dad was around, right? Yeah. Like my dad was a recovering alcoholic my entire life, but he never drank and he was so proud of that. And he, uh, you know, was there every day and he loved my mother and he raised all of us and he sent us to private school and he worked really hard and he got cancer and he died. And, and, and he was a really complicated figure in my life and in my childhood. And I've spent, it's coming up on seven years, Ugh. which feels like maybe that's, maybe that's a long time some days. And some days I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe it's only been seven years or how has it been seven years? And I still feel like this. And I mm -hmm. spent this past week probably making more progress on that relationship than I have in the, you know, uh, six years and nine months prior yeah. because things take time and we are just such an impatient culture oh. and we want things to be better or we want them to be simple and they're, they're complicated. They just are. And eventually, eventually with the help of like perspective and, and, and therapy and, and time. you know, and time and self-reflection, also self-ownership, you can get to a place where you can sort of accept the, the multitudes of a person and of an experience. Yeah. And, yet you do not need to rush there. You don't need to rush there and say like, oh, but, you know, she had her own demons or, oh, well, you know, I probably could have. You don't need to do that. You can let the feeling for the day or the moment be what it is. And I think what's really powerful about her taking the time to write this is that she is trying to figure out her feelings. And if there is one thing I've learned from researching trauma the way that I do and from really understanding the way that trauma impacts us is that if you push through it and you don't feel it, you absolutely will not heal from it, right? And so I am really holding space and in awe of the fact that you're feeling these really complicated feelings. You don't know how to feel, but you know you, you're feeling something and you need to feel something. Um, and, and so instead of I would say, asking those questions of like, is this ridiculous? First of all, who the hell made the ridiculous rules? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who, who yeah. gets to decide what is ridiculous? Who gets to decide what's right for you beside you? So, you know, the bigger thing is to turn those questions into to yourself because no, none of this is ridiculous. If it's not ridiculous to her, like, right? If it's not ridiculous mm -hmm. to me, then it's not ridiculous. Like, if I'm the person yeah. who's got to deal with this, I don't, like, who cares if anybody else finds it ridiculous? 
nobody is in your complicated ass situation right now and Mm -hmm. nobody is dealing with your complicated feelings. And so the only person who gets to decide how to handle this is her. Yeah. And and I just hope she handles it with care, like herself. I hope she handles herself with care. Yes, handle it with care. Um, Dr. Anna Roth said, you know, you either deal with your grief or it deals with you. Is that death and dying? Uh, no, it's uh, Anna, Anna from like all the stuff that we've uh, done that we used to do with uh, Still Kicking. Yes, but I'm saying yeah. like we, I, I swear we learned some stuff yeah. in um, in Death and Dying that said similar things. Danielle and I both went to the same high school and we took a class called Death and Dying in high school and I saw Mrs. Roth. This is where it all comes. But no, our friend, Dr. Anna Roth, who does the grief course and stuff with okay, me. Okay, okay, got yes, it. Yes, but very similar. Um, and so, yeah, I do feel blessed that we got to take that class in high school. I We... It, Way ahead of the time, right? Way ahead of the time. Way ahead of the time. We were really understanding grief. I had to write my own obituary in that class. We had to plan funerals. And we actually visited a funeral home in that class. Oh my God, we did. We 100% went to a funeral home and looked at caskets. I don't know what's happening, but. But what a great class. What a great class. And that that was our religion credit, by the way. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. grief for a really long time and we've been set up in a way to process it differently, right? And thank God because you and I have had, you know, we both have dead dads, dead children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, a dead husband and I have yep. a, a, a husband that's gone, but he didn't die. Yep. Some days yep. I wish I'd killed him, but it's yep. it's okay. Yeah. Still, um, there's still time. Yeah, there, there is. is still time. There yeah. is still time. But we we understand grief well because we've navigated a hell of a lot of it. But we also had a really good foundation. We had a good foundation. And so many people don't. Shout out, Miss Roth. <laughs> Shout out. Honestly, and I got to tell her that. You and I have experienced grief and and we have like sort of like, we got this foundational education in it when we were teenagers. And yet, every time it happens to you, it's mm-hmm. the first time. Every time. It, it, and you can't prepare every for time. it. You think you can prepare for it, right? Like after you've had yeah. some pretty major losses, if you feel yeah. one coming, like true story, yeah. I, I felt my dad's loss coming, right? So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, better be prepared for this one, bitch, because this is going to be a big one. And I prepared for it. I, I told myself, yep, dad's not going to make it too long. And I told myself like, oh, you know, he's this or he's that or whatever. And when his ass died, it was like, there could have been no preparing for it. And in the yeah. same way, just because- our listener is, you know, wasn't in constant communication with mom. 
and probably felt like, oh, you know, when mom passes, like that's going to be tough, but we really didn't have a relationship. Nope. I know that's not true because I know Mm -hmm. there's no way you could prepare for it. There's no way you can prepare. There's no way to try on your feelings beforehand Mm -hmm. and sort of hope that you're going to uh, get it right. There's not. There's not. Mm -hmm. And so much of um, grief is judgment, right? I also want to say that grieving people are often not the best versions of themselves, and that's okay. So true. And it will will come out, and it will come out uh, either in ways that are expected and, you know, socially appropriate. uh, When you let yourself feel things, when you feel them, and if not, they will come out in another way. It will come out in another way. And so if you are consistently um, gaslighting yourself and you are consistently trying to deny or qualify your own experience, that is a way of not grieving, absolutely denying your grief. And it's going to come out in, in another way. You're going to be awful to yourself. You're going to be awful to somebody else. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll do all of the above. And There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing ridiculous about being sad that your mother died. Your mother is your parent, your siblings, your cousins. You would not exist without your mother. It is absolutely logical that you are elemental. It's elemental. And when it's your birth mother, this is a person whose, you know, DNA is 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 a part of you. This is Mm -hmm. a this is a person who, you know who for better or worse, you can hope or fear will be reflected in your appearance and in your behaviors. Of course, this hurts. And what I want this listener to say to herself is, of course, this hurts. I want her to fully tell herself like, of course, this hurts. Of course. Of course. Uh, Of course. Whoa. I'm so glad you said that because of course it hurts. Like it's so obvious as us, as the bystanders, like, yeah, Yeah. your mom died. We get it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's your mom. Um, one thing you said that really uh, resonated for me, Nora, was you said like, and especially like, you know, your DNA is runs through, their DNA runs through you, you run through their DNA, like your DNA is connected. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because when my dad died, and I don't know if you felt like this, I, I'm sure you felt like this, but I literally felt like, like I've had big losses, mm-hmm. right? But when my dad died, I felt like a part of me died, like in a part that will never come back. And what you just said is like, oh, your DNA. How could I have not felt like that? And even though they haven't been in constant communication, you are so connected. That woman carried you and you're, you were connected from the very get-go. How could you not feel that way? And when you said like that DNA piece— Nora, legitimately, since the day my dad died, I have felt like there, and and it's not something I can get back. I'm not even trying to get it back. I just know it doesn't exist anymore. And I know the only reason it could exist is if he was back here with me and it won't. So he took a part of me with him and it just doesn't exist anymore. And when you explain that DNA piece, it really resonated because I was like, well, of course it feels that way. Yeah. Like I literally have his blood running through me and he's not here anymore. And there's no, you know, craziness. Yeah. And, and Danielle, if he would have died in those 10 years before you did the healing, mm. like I would be where my sister's at. Right. And like, guess what? Your sister's grief, and this is another thing, which is that you're grieving the same person and you're grieving different versions of them. Yeah. So, you know, like, so true. So yeah. true. Like, I can, 
when she's angry and she's frustrated, I don't sit and say, well, fuck you. That's my dad. That You know what? I knew his ass back then too. And I know which version of him that she's very angry at, right? Mm-hmm. And still, I also know the grandpa he became to my kids. I know the Walmart gift cards. <laughs> Even though I told his ass I don't shop at Walmart, how they would come every Christmas and I would appreciate it, right? But we are absolutely grieving. Both of us are grieving Andre Epps, but we are grieving two very different versions of him. And I... Thank you for saying that, Nora, because I think sometimes when we are grieving or, okay, so like two can be true. When I said, mm-hmm. when, you know, my abuser died, when, when I said some people's villains are some people's heroes, I meant that shit because I knew that the person that they were grieving is not the person I knew. And I knew my reaction, my anger was valid. And also I knew their grief was valid. Yep. Because yes. it's it doesn't it's not all it doesn't just another thing we're really good at in this country is having to categorize and label it right like oh, it's yeah. not all going to fit in one box just because they're sad about this doesn't mean I have to be mm-hmm. and who the hell said I'm sorry because I don't let, let's just name this real quick I don't know who the hell told y'all to not speak ill of the dead but if the dead was walking around alive being a whole asshole. You, if you need permission, because here's the thing, if she's mad at her mom for something and in her mind, somebody has trained her to think, oh, I can't speak ill of the dead. Yes, the fuck you can. You better cuss Mm -hmm. your mom out and then heal from it and then love on your dead mom and then cuss your dead mom out. Do whatever you need to do to heal. But for people who are constantly pushing people to not speak ill of the dead, well, you should have been a nicer person while you were walking around here with a beating heart. Yeah, damn it. Anne Lamott, Anne Lamott uh, the author said that if you wanted her to write uh, more warmly about you, you should have behaved better. I know and that's I right. Think that's like, and period. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's just the the sort of the self gaslighting is just I think the most, I, I think it's sort of, we consider it a victimless crime, right? Like, well, I wouldn't, mm. I'm not doing this to someone else, but it's like, mm. no, 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 no. You are right now, um, you are making your grief worse by invalidating it and you are making it harder to heal by refusing to acknowledge that there is a gaping, gushing wound right now. Like, and of course there's, and guess what you, guess what? Your mom betrayed you. Mm-hmm. Your mom betrayed you and that hurts. And I don't know if you ever had the chance to grieve that. Right, right. And you may also feel like you betrayed her in some ways. There's like, this Mm -hmm. is all complicated. Like, should I have fought harder? Should I have done this? Everything that you're feeling, and look, we're just assigning feelings and I'm not trying to tell you to feel this way. I'm just saying that it doesn't matter how you're feeling. It is all valid. Mm -hmm. Whether it be anger, confusion, aggression, whatever you are feeling at the loss of your mother, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because you get to feel your feelings and I hope you feel them so truly and so real and so richly that the only thing that's left to do is heal from it. Oh, that's beautiful. There's, um, Wasn't I, it though? I, that was beautiful. Thank that was you. like, print that, print it, that up. Um, it felt like my spirit just jumped out. It did. Like, it oh. was so good. I got like a little chill too. Good. I was like, oh, oh shit. God. Just one yeah. little goosebump. Uh, okay. And it was when, it was when like the Danielle voice really like hits too. Yes. And I was yes. like, oh, um, it's like ASMR, but for feelings. Like, I know. Um, Come on. <laughs> you know, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Uh, there's a psychologist, Susan David, 
uh, who I love and I cite her work often and I read her work often. I've read her book, Emotional Agility, many, many times. And um, uh, her definition of, uh, of, of grief is love looking for a home, love looking for a place to land. Yes. And yes. she said the most, I think just about any feeling that we consider difficult, I think is um, it's signaling your feelings are not, uh, you know, directives. They're not telling you that they're, it's data. It's, 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 it's a signpost. It's so if you take this feeling, this grief that you have, and the fact that you think it's ridiculous, those are both two feelings, and you trace them back, what they're trying to tell you is what you value and what's mm. important to you. Mm. So what is important to you? And how does that connect to the feeling that you're feeling now? So when I am, you know, enraged about, uh, about something— um, I'm trying to think of an example that's not too pointed. Um, oh, here's one. So Aaron was really sick and there were, you know, some friends who stopped coming around. There are friends who stopped showing up and I was burning hot with rage. So like, what is that telling me? Is it telling me that person's a bad person? Yes. But is that true? Not necessarily. What right. it's telling me is I value loyalty mm. and I value showing up. Interrogate your feelings. Interrogate your feelings. Ask your questions because you know what your feelings are telling you? They're telling you what your values are. Mm. They're telling you what your values are. So like what what of your values were violated by this? And when I hear the word ridiculous, um, it's it's, um, like that word is so uh, dismissive. And like there's nothing ridiculous about this. There's nothing ridiculous. And who made you feel... Or how did you internalize that the loss of your mother could ever be ridiculous? Mm -hmm. Like, where did that come from? Right? And so, like, that it's so important to investigate and interrogate your feelings. And I love, who was the the doctor that you Uh, said? Dr. Susan David. Come on, Susan Um, David. She's so wonderful. And she's got uh, just the most delightful little accent. But... Um, yeah. And I just, I, I try to do that too. Like I can sometimes take a feeling and be like, this is the truth. This is it. This is how things are. And like, you got to sit with it for a minute. And like, maybe what your grief is telling you is that like you value, um, like you value family and you didn't get it. Yes. you know, you value relationships. And this one was, was, was violated by, mm-hmm. by, a, by a, a person who you were supposed to be able to trust and you value trust. And why isn't it there? And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't answer those questions for you, but um, I can tell you that if you stop calling it ridiculous, you will open up space to have these like deeper conversations with yourself and also hopefully with the therapist, but also with yourself. Ooh, one of the things that just really stood out to me, Nora, what did you say? You said, if you ask yourself, um, oh, if you ask yourself, like, you know, where did this come from? Or I, I think about my sister in relationship to my dad. And I was like, you know, what, what is it? What is her grief telling her? And like, obviously I'm not her, but what I have been hearing in our conversations and what I've been feeling is that her grief is telling her and me, it's loud. Uh, it's 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 staying, saying that, there was never any accountability. Mm-hmm. Because for me, you know, because I was in contact with him, I was able to have those accountability conversations mm-hmm. where he said, you know, I fucked up, I messed up, this is I, this is what I did. And because they were, you know, estranged, she never got that accountability. So her grief isn't just like anger or these things. Her grief is that I wanted him to hold himself accountable and I'll never get that. And that, what does she value? She values 
accountability. And I know my sister like nothing else. And my sister absolutely values accountability. And when I think about my dad in relationship to, in relation to her, there was never any accountability taken on his yeah. end towards her. And she has every right to grieve that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I hope this, this person has a sister like you too. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> you know, but if not, let Danielle be your sister. Oh, let I'm, Danielle I'm be your every, sister because I can be your sister and your sister, you know, I can be both. <laughs> But like Danielle, like truly, like you did get the alternate version of of this person's ending. You know, mm-hmm. not just your sister's ending, but so many people who have like these. You know, like it could have been different, and it yeah. wasn't for you. Like it just yeah. could have been, and like, you know, that's the thing about all of us. Like at, at any point, we could be thrust into this, you know, upside down universe where, you know. Th- Time's up, and there's not there's there's no more opportunities for for reconciliation, and uh, things are final, and there's no revisiting things, and that is uh, that is a that's a big complication. That is a big, big, big complication. And most people, I don't I don't remember if the message gave like a timeline for when this person's mother died, but you know, it takes people like quite a long time to feel like normal-ish after loss. Yeah. Right? It's it, it's not the five days between the death and the funeral, like, yeah. and then you're fine. It's not. And so as much as possible, like, I love to remind people, like, you've got time. You've got yeah. time. So take it and use it. Yes, absolutely. Nora, as we as we wrap up, I wanted to just hold space um, and kind of name something. When we We've said it a lot during this conversation, and I appreciate it. When we talk about, like, nobody gets to put, like, Nobody gets to, to to wrap your grief up in anything but you. Like, you get to decide what your grief looks like. And I think one of the greatest things that I realized over the last couple of years, especially after 2020 and, you know, so many people showing their ass um, just all over the place. And for me, uh, I think naming that the loss of people who have not died, mm. that kind, that grief is so real and and you know with when we lose someone who is dead it makes sense right they can't they can't come back they are no longer here physically when we lose someone or there is this great big loss of someone who still exists in this physical realm there is something so deeply awful and hurtful because it does it doesn't make your body and your mind can't compute it it doesn't make sense and so I just wanted to make sure like we named and we held space for the people who have lost like really beautiful relationships really beautiful friendships because that is a real thing that grief hits so hard and just like death it sometimes it's years later all of a sudden you have a glimpse or a memory and it hits you again and um, for whatever reason, the loss or what, why the loss was what it was, the grief is still very real and very strong. And, and I think it would be a disservice not to name, like, this isn't just dead people. We grieve so many, we, so many of us grieve the loss of our freedom. And when we were isolated for a whole year, you know, like we grieve, we're humans and we grieve. It's what we do. Yep. Yep. Grief more than just death. <laughs> <laughs> The more you know. You know. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just like throwing out some new taglines, like with some rebrands for yeah. grief. It's more than just like black dresses, caskets, 
roses and like hankies. Like it's, it's real, it's real messy. And like, you aren't ridiculous. You aren't ridiculous. You aren't Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And it counts. It's not a one size fits all. Honestly, is anything ever a one size fits all? Imagine. They say that you order something and it comes and you put it on. And even though they said it was one size fits all, it ain't fitting everybody. And if it is, it's not fitting you the way you want it to, right? It may be too big, it may be too small. That's because one size fits all doesn't really work. Grief is the same way. Just because somebody grieves a certain way or another person grieves another way doesn't mean that you're going to grieve the same way, that that kind of grief is going to work for you. Grief is not linear. It's complicated. It's messy. I have found a lot of beauty in my own grief, and some people would think I'm crazy for that. And they get to think whatever they want, and I still get to grieve however I need to to heal. And I think that's like the important piece. Nobody gets to tell us how we get to grieve. Your grief belongs to you and it is never ridiculous. Some of us grieve people we've never met. Does it make us crazy? Or are we all really more connected than we think? Because I can tell you right now, I mourned the hell out of Prince when he died. And I did not spend more than five minutes with Prince when he was actually alive. Does it make me crazy? Does it make me ridiculous? I don't think so. I think that somehow through Prince's music, I was filled in a way, I connected to that. And I feel like I'll be damned if I asked somebody if it was ridiculous that I mourned someone and someone's music that impacted my life in some way. And so when we think about grief, it's not about like, oh, is it, should you grieve someone? Should you not grieve someone? It's really about you. How are you feeling? Investigate your feelings, interrogate your feelings, ask the questions, why am I feeling this way? What is allowing me to grieve? What is making me grieve? Nobody, nobody gets to decide how you grieve or who you grieve. Grief is an individual experience. We are holding space right now for everyone and anyone who is grieving. Living in this world (laughs) will have you grieving a lot. So we just wanted to make sure that we held space for each and every person. I also want to say thank you so much for our listener, for the vulnerability, the transparency. And also to let you know that you are not ridiculous. Your mommy died, and I'm so sorry. So deeply sorry for your loss and any other emotion that you're feeling right now. Also want to thank Nora McInerney for coming on the podcast so sorry for all of your grief. But again, Nora, you handle it like a G and you always show up with so much compassion and so much empathy. 
and lead us through our own grief over and over again. And it's beautiful, really. If you have a question you would like us to answer, send a voice memo to hahopodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at hahopodcast. I am your host, Miss Danielle, and our executive producer is Emma Martins. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music and is powered by Acast. We'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.